This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Debbie Lauks. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. Debbie, where are you? Are you in Solvang, California, or are you? I'm in Solvang. I'm in my old bedroom where I do. (laughs) Can you believe it? (laughs) I love it. Well, you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for October 21st, uh, episode 2544, brought to you today by Stateline Tech. Good morning, horse people. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. That's right. It's hump day with your horses in the morning hosts, Jamie, that girl Jennings, and Glenn, the geeky pony guy. Wednesday, thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate it. Debbie, thank you for being here, for filling in for Glenn. As always, it is a pleasure to have you. It's so much fun. I appreciate it. I wish it was under better circumstances, though. I know. Well, Glenn has run into some issues in recovery that they're trying to figure out. Uh, He is heading in for more testing today, and hopefully he will still be on schedule to return on Monday. That is unclear. But, Debbie, did you see what Glenn did this week besides have surgery? Besides have surgery? No, I don't think I did. I know he's, he's, it's hard to repress the guy. And they got a dog. Oh, they got a greyhound. They adopted I it. I, I think its name is Pickles or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'll vote for a new name. But um, yeah, so they got a new dog. So, you know, you know, I don't know if you heard the episode on why he decided to get a dog. He's no. wanting one. But Jen yeah. has not wanted one. And he's like, I'm going to be laying in bed suffering from the ramifications of chemotherapy and I want a dog to snuggle with and boom. I mean, you throw that card down. <laughs> you're getting a dog, my friend. I mean, that's like Jamie level of uh, complete BS just to get, and of course he's not having chemo. He's not, he didn't have any. Exactly. <laughs> but like, that is like, that is next level in the spousal letting mm-hmm. him know that you have to have like getting something you want. Like I feel like I've taught him so yeah. well. Everything he knows. <laughs> I'm like my the student has become the teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've heard a few of those and I saw a few of those dogs come to fruition around your place. So that yes, that is true. That is true. Well, um, on today's show, we're going to, <laughs> let's see, talk to Molly Munt, uh, owner, of, owner of Molly Mutt, uh, about her products. And then we're going to talk to our Lisa <laughs> and Nina Helmer, which run LCH Equestrian and uh, catch up with them a little bit too. We have some weird news coming up and uh, who knows what other trouble we'll, we'll get into. But we've got the mic. I know. Oh, we do. The, the, the boss is out of town. He can't control us anymore. I think that his biggest, yeah, he got a dog. He's like doing dog stuff. I think his biggest fear was leaving this all to me, like (laughs) (laughs) to be responsible for his business. So, um, 
Hopefully I won't disappoint. Debbie, you're here to keep me in check, I'm sure. Oh, no, no, no. That's George. Actually, he's our producer today. <laughs> Thank you, George, for being here. He can cut our mics if he has to. I think yeah, he's yeah. got instruction from Glenn, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with Daily Winnie's. My Daily Winning goes out to an online horse fair. Jamie, this is so fun. There's a, a gentleman that some people might know him. He's European-based, but he was born here in Texas, I think. Arian Aguilar. His father's a, a pretty famous trainer from way back. And then Arian is just a sensation in Germany and Spain and, and around Europe. And you know what he did is at the beginning of this COVID thing, all these trainers and clinicians kind of got shut down, right? You know, they weren't mm-hmm. able to, they were really struggling to feed their horses, frankly. And he put a group of guys together and kind of just tested it and thought, well, maybe we can just put an online clinician moment together and see if people will kick in some money just to watch. And um, it was such a great thing. It was a nice bridge to be able to feed some horses anyway, you know, keep these guys okay. And um, he said, well, gosh, why don't we do it for the fall? And it's happening right now. It's really cool. And he has he just got a ton of people. Monty is one of them who contributed a, a lesson of, you know, it's kind of like a little mini clinic, I guess, is what he compiled. But the best part is he has shopping online too. So it really does feel like a, a trade show or, or a, a fair, you know, an equine affair kind of thing. And so it's going on between the 19th and the 25th of October, like right now, um, seven days. And people can log on to their, it's a virtual fair. So you can click on the shopping and there's all kinds of unique things. And then you can watch the trainers. You can maybe find some new trainers to, to learn from. And so it's a pretty cool idea. I'm really proud of him. Yay, Arian. And it's onlinehorsefair.com is the website? Online horse, yes. Or, and you can go to the Facebook page if you want to check it out. Facebook.com forward slash online horse fair too. Cool. Yeah. Okay, Debbie, so people that listen to the show know that I am a huge fan of the man from Snowy River, right? I mean, who's not? That's like the greatest movie of all time. And the actor who plays Jim Craig, his name is Tom Berlinson, and I have been stalking him for (laughs) about 10 years trying to get him on the show. Oh. And I I had a breakthrough. I had a breakthrough. It's not a big breakthrough. (laughs) Fairly small. (laughs) But okay. when, when 10 years of ghosting, I, I finally feel like I might be on the right path. Okay. So I am a member of the Tom Berlinson official fan site on Facebook. Okay. And George, our producer is like Googling him right now. It, right. It's a horse girl movie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so um, Tom Berlinson official fan site just yeah. shared a post from the actual Tom Berlinson. Okay. Oh. Okay. He's they shared it. He and I clicked on the page of the person who shared and it's his real page. And it's called at official Tom Burlinson. I, I, I feel Why like I, I mean, he's been official. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like you've been given a gift, Debbie, a gift. Okay. And I'm going to find him. And I just yeah. wanted to give a daily winning out to the Tom Burlinson fan site for sharing and giving me a nugget. A nugget, <laughs> Debbie. The first nugget. The first nugget. Yeah, he better be nice. I, he better 
nice to this big fan. I that would be know. so cool. That would be I, so cool, though. I know. I've even contacted his manager. Like, how is Tom Burlington, who is currently, bless his heart, doing an amazing job at being a singer? He now is a singer, and he is a Frank Sinatra impersonator, okay? Oh, have fun. I need him on the show, number one, to talk about the man from Snow River, because I have so many questions. And number two, I need him to sing on our show. So um, I'm going to... Too. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And then we could play Tom Burlinson's music while he sings Frank Sinatra. It'd be like the greatest thing ever. But anyway, he went to uh, Adelaide in South Australia and got to visit the police mounted operations unit in oh. Adelaide and yes. posted all about it. And it looks really cool and awesome. And I, Tom, is on them. <laughs> Radar's up. I, I feel like I'm one step closer. I'm one step closer to him. Yeah, so this is anyway. like maybe radiothon even like, but I don't, I don't know. We're, we're doing a different version of that, but you would like knock us off the internet probably with that one. I, right. I yeah. mean, that'd be amazing. I'm going, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen anyway. So that's my daily Winnie that goes to the Tom Berlinson fan site. Good job. Good job, stalker. Thank you. Now, Debbie, I also have, before we get to our first guest on Wednesdays, I like to do a segment called weird news and weird news is where I find like weird news. Weird. I mean, it's yeah. pretty self-explanatory and we usually have a sound effect that does the news, but Glenn uh -huh. did not leave George with any of those things. So now, uh, we have to pretend. And so I figured uh, we could like make the news sounders like beep, 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 beep. Like, I think that's a breaking news one. This is like a, like a big news sounder and currently in your head, you're hearing it right now. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> oh, they all, everybody's humming it. It's like our first weird news story. Debbie <laughs> goes oh. out to, um, we're going to talk about Malcolm Pike. Okay. Malcolm Pike is 43 years old and he broke into a garage in East Harrington, Sunderland. I think we're in England right now. Yeah. Sounds um, good. yeah. And he broke into a garage and stole. Are you ready for what the major criminal stole? What? 150 pounds of cleaning equipment. Why? I don't know. <laughs> so as he was making his getaway, he accidentally <laughs> left his bag behind, which contained his mail, which <laughs> contained his name and his address. The information helped lead police officers to his home where the stolen equipment had been left out in the open because oh. I mean, who's going to think somebody stole cleaning supplies, diamond rings. Um, detective Sergeant Chris Smith said, Malcolm Pike is a prolific thief who has con consistently proven a disregard for the law and the welfare for others. Unfortunately for him, his latest defense, which was fairly unsophisticated, saw him leave behind a number of personal items, which directed officers straight to his front door. Uh, the stolen equipment has been returned to its rightful owner. And they also said that this is in relation to what police have called a crime spree. Oh. Do you know what else he has stolen, Debbie? Well, I hope more than cleaning equipment because he really is not going to retire on that. What? He stole clothes from a family's washing line. Ew. So from what well, I'm understanding, he's, he's trying to do somebody's laundry. He's like, I'm going to steal <laughs> cleaning equipment. And yeah, he's still okay. cleaning equipment. He's going to get some new clean clothes. Bless his heart. Let, uh, I'm going to start a hashtag called hashtag <laughs> let Malcolm go. He's just doing laundry. Doing the right thing. He's, he's doing actually the right thing. 
bless his heart. Outreach. It's a service. And yeah, then we would hear okay. the music again, Debbie, because it goes, dit, 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 and then I would start the next story. So we're just going to pretend that we heard it. Hearing oh, it's, it yeah, it's the weird news music. Okay. And now we're going to head to Kentucky, Debbie, where a Kentucky oh. sheriff's office said deputies re- <laughs> responded <laughs> to a dollar general and they had to evict somebody who was walking between in the toiletry aisle. The toilet, they get very specific and weird news. Okay. So police swarm a dollar general because walking through the toiletry aisle, they actually use the word perusing the toiletry <laughs> aisle was a bobcat. That's oh, right. Really? Somehow <laughs> a bobcat per- got into the dollar general. I guess it was like, you know, you just, the sensor doors. So it's yeah, I mean, if I was a bobcat, I wouldn't be caught dead on the toiletry aisles. Let's go to the chip aisle or something. <laughs> yeah, a Dollar General, though, you know, bad choice. I think on that for the old Dollar General in Kentucky is lucky he didn't get shot because yeah. the emergency responders were able to, quote, safely capture the bobcat and remove him from the store. The bobcat was released without injury, says okay. the sheriff's office. Yeah, I don't know. But I, wouldn't they call in animal control? And they, they're all equipped for that stuff. Like with those hey, really man. stuff. I was trying to get some deodorant down there and then I was gonna get some shampoo and then I you know, I look up and there's a dang bobcat coming at me. And I thought, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna call nine one one. I'm gonna let them police handle it because I you know, I'm packing heat. I always got my gun with me, but <laughs> you can't open fire in the Dollar General, you go to jail. So here's what we have to do. We have to get that dang police department out here and they're gonna grab that cat and you know what's funny is when they did grab it they actually grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and oh. it out and i'm not lying that was real they no. actually- <laughs> that's how they got it yes oh, it's been tiny poor little thing Terrible. oh my gosh he held it for twitter kitty pictures clean up kitty clean up on aisle toilet <laughs> i mean you think you'd be going down the cat food aisle or something but right. no down looking for some soap probably trying to help out the guy who was stealing laundry and he was trying to get some more soap so he went on in there and got himself some but you know what he got caught i can tell you lived in kentucky for a little bit i sure did (laughs) i sure did okay now we're gonna head to brazil oh Oh, this is a very international weird news um (laughs) there's a lot of unrest and the Brazilian um, what government um, and Brazilian Senator Chico Rodriguez. Of course, he's called Chico Rodriguez. Chico Rodriguez was caught in a police raid. OK, That's, uh, apparently a judicial source briefed on the matter said that there was a misuse of COVID-19 response funding Okay, in Brazil. So. Uh, they swarmed Rodriguez's house and he confirmed that the house was raided. He gave no details, but he denied wrongdoing. I am innocent, Debbie. <laughs> I have been clean through my years in politics. However, yeah. <laughs> he did not respond to a request for comment when they found a wad of cash in between his butt cheeks. <laughs> oh, oh. That's I'm COVID innocent. money right there. COVID money. I'm innocent. That's not mine. I did. That's not mine. That's not. How did that get there? What's that? Oh, that's so weird. You know, I felt something, but I didn't want to like 
explore with the police here it's so this weird chico joke is that what you're doing here it's oh it's a cheek oh joke i get it i get it i like your pun you made that up yeah. i did not make that up you can go see the news on huffington post it is a uh actual story yeah that, that's not mine that's not mine man um and finally our last weird news story Okay. Okay. So, you know, people have been really cooped up for a long time. Yeah. And there's a a Minnesota horticulture teacher who has used the extra time Uh to constantly feed and water a pumpkin that he was hoping would win the half moon Bay pumpkin contest. And, um, He's in Minnesota, but the contest is in California, but he really spent a lot of his free time in his pumpkin patch, watering his plants up to 10 times a day, feeding and fertilizing them at least twice a day. And it paid off because he is the winner of the championship. Let's see. Let me get the name right. He drove 35 hours. Oh, see his hard work payoff at the 47th World Championship Pumpkin Way Off in Half Moon ah. Bay, south of San Francisco. Oh, where yeah, his pumpkin, you know where this is? Have you heard of I it? Do. Yeah, we, uh, not the pumpkin part, but but <laughs> Half Moon Bay is gorgeous. That's a long way from Minnesota. Yeah, I'm pretty sure what you were about to say was that you have tickets and you go every year. Yeah, I do. No, I wasn't going to confess that. You and Tom, you know, it's like the <laughs> annual pilgrimage up to Half Moon Bay to see the Napa. It might not be a world- World Championship Pumpkin Way Off in Half Moon Bay, where his winner, it's a pumpkin, this is a pumpkin, people, came in at 2,350 pounds. That possible? You could ride that thing. Oh, my gosh. It is ginormous. I mean, it is. It's a Cinderella carriage. It's, like, that big. Yes, it's obscene. He said that the drive was nerve-wracking because every bump on the road... (laughs) I kept thinking, is it going to make it? And then finally got weighed. It was the last one. And oh my gosh, it's just been incredible. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, this is his highlight of his life. You know, Um, this is 15 minutes of fame. (laughs) Yeah. You know what his quote is? I might need a year off from the work and the nerves and everything. He said, (laughs) a giant pumpkin is high stress. Oh my God. His pumpkin is the second heaviest ever weighed at the 40 year old California event. Um, Yeah. Second Second heaviest, but he's, he didn't break the record because the heaviest was 2,500 pounds. (gasps) I grew a 70 pound once I did. What? So proud (laughs) until today. (laughs) Yeah. Trip thing up to half moon Bay and have it, have it weighed. No, I ended my career after that. (laughs) I don't know how you keep it on the vine that long. You know, it's like, you're so worried. It's so heavy and the vine gets really old and crusty and you know, it could just at any moment. Right. And I did yeah. not know I was with a pumpkin grower. Oh, something new. Every very day. amateur. <laughs> <laughs> very amateur oh my, yeah. State fair. You don't see those at the state fair. I entered mine. Sure. Uh, yeah. I would like to tell you that the title of the article is the best part. Oh my gourd! <laughs> pumpkin squashes the competition at annual way off. Yes. Oh my gosh! He had to have a like a how big of a car did he have to? He'd have to have a trailer. Have I a I mean, what would you do if you saw a giant pumpkin like that going down the side of the road? Oh my like god! On a trailer. 
honk, I guess, right? I'm sure oh, he had to hard. Look at that. That's what I do. Yeah, it's huge. Anyway, so there's your weird news for the day. It yes. is now time to go ahead and let's talk a little bit about state line tech. Debbie, I know all the horses at Flag is Up Farm are completely mm-hmm. pampered. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is at state line tech. It is blanket season sale. Why would they have a blanket sale going into the blanket season other than to do all of us a favor? And um, please go. There's actually free gift certificates. If you go out and you buy one of these blankets, they have everything from like the sheets, waterproof sheets, all the way to, you know, the giant heavy blankets, weather beta, Comfitec, the essential combo heavy is one all of my horses wear and they have them on sale for 144. Oh. So yeah, definitely. I like the neck attached because if they don't have the neck attached, oh, they have them for 134, the medium ones. Then the water just goes down in yeah. down in the bottom if it's raining, and so this way they're only their feet and their head is wet. Um, so and they don't. They yeah, don't care. They don't care. No, that's so, great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and yeah. it is the wrong time of the year to be selling out of these things. We're going into winter. That's really nice of them. I know they're doing you a favor. Oh my gosh. They have, Oh, you know what I need to do? See here is in Oklahoma. It's coming on hunting season. Uh, and here's uh-huh. a really good idea. They have camo blankets. Oh yeah. But you don't I, want to camo your horses out in the field. Do you yeah, like, no, no, I don't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't buy that. Yeah. I bought Navy blue and I'm putting reflective strips on them. Thank so. you. Okay. Good. <laughs> That's safe out there. Orange. Yeah. So keep yeah. in mind, if you are looking at the camo blankets, just what uh, type of city, uh, part of the world you're living right. in. Like if you're living in Atlanta and you're at a boarding stable, you're fine. But if you live in the middle of rural Oklahoma, don't camo blanket your horses. Oh, they have like fluorescent orange ones. There you go. That's what I need. That's right. That's right. I want to see those puppies out there. That's nice. So that's nice. Yeah. I like your idea about the neck too. I think that is so smart. I mean, even if the horses like to stand out in the rain, at least you can keep their withers dry. Debbie, I'm so sorry. That is the the fun part of doing a live show is we can't get a hold of Molly. She's Here's not Molly. answering. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna call an audible here, which is something I wanted to talk to you about anyway. I've been watching the videos on Monty Roberts' Facebook page about oh, okay. your set your um thing that you're doing now called Mustangs and Transition Horses. First yeah. of all, explain what that is. Well, the program uh, has been in the cook for Ooh, probably when did you and I start talking about this stuff? Two or three years ago. Uh, yeah, 2018, 17. Oh, like there we go. Yeah. So we were we were saying, hey, we do a form of this already. We have a school there since 1997 teaching the join up concepts. And all along, we've taken students and provided the horses as the professors for them from rescues. Right. And um now we're starting to say, oh, rescues is not the politically correct really word for it because there's so many great horses. You know, Jamie, from all the horses that you've been transforming from horse and hound that from the rescue that is near you in Norman, Oklahoma, you know that those horses are not, I mean, they're young, they're athletic, they're they've been ridden, you know, you've got a little jockey up there at least, and maybe they need a little polishing and off they go. So these really aren't 
rescues per se. They're really just a horse in transition. So we've been working on, wow, what would it look like if we took what we normally have as maybe 25 horses a year or so that come from uh, All About Equine or some of these other uh, transition horse places, adoption partners that have provided those horses. What would it look like if we maybe could do it year round and we just kept um, students coming through? We're not going to get, you know, enough join up classes done or intro courses like you just had. I wanted to ask you about that, too. But um, but if we had an ongoing program where we could have trainers coming and going and learning the concepts out there, then we'd have all these horses that could go right back out. And so we're shooting for a hundred horses a year. How's that sound? I think that sounds amazing. I was just talking to Nelda at Horse and Hound and before we started retraining, she was adopting about 30 horses out a year. And as of October 1st, 82. <gasps> See that? And it's not just a COVID thing. I think people are catching on to this. COVID helped because people focused on, you know, what's important in life, right? Yeah. Always wanted that horse. I've always wanted to take the time. But I, but you have demonstrated, you're doing an amazing job demonstrating how, how, you know, generous, I guess, is the best word for these horses. They they really want to learn. And maybe they've been, you know, just taught to go forward yeah. <laughs> as as off the track thoroughbreds. Uh, but they but they're horses and they're athletic. If they you know, if they're bred, some of these horses are war horses like. So the the transition horse program, we wanted it to have a really fair chance and um, for people to really showcase it. So we did last week this crazy thing. Are you ready? We started saying, look, we would like to do a Monty special training, which we've done every year since like 2006, where dad just comes in. These horses come in. He's never met them before. And Monday, he just starts training on them. Oh, let's see. Let's assess this horse. And Monday through Friday, he just works on these horses. Very unlike his live demonstrations around the world when he toured, because you've got one evening and three or four mm -hmm. horses. You know, you can't do that much. But to be able to see him, you know, we usually had 30, 35 people from all over the world come and, and just observe his classes, his training. And and um, that wasn't going to happen in a COVID year. So we went to um, HNC Plus or Horse and Country TV, who have recently in the last few years come over to the United States. And they said, yeah, we'll live stream it like we did the movement. You know, Jamie, that you were like live streaming mm -hmm. uh, for three days straight, you poor thing. <laughs> Imagine five. We did five. <laughs> so on Monday morning, um, we had agency turn on the cameras, go live. And dad just started working with nine of these horses that came from rescues like uh, Wind Place Home in California, Wild at Heart in California. We had the um, we had a Saddle Saddlebred Legacy Foundation from Kentucky sent a horse named Apple out here. We're calling her Green Apple because she really didn't have anything on her. Wow. And we've got yeah, we've got a paint. We've got some. Uh, we got a horse, uh, Salty. Uh, is, it was unusual taste is his registered name. He won a quarter of a million dollars on wow. the racetrack. He's nine years old and he is chill. He's just so cool. So we're having fun with that. But you know, we've got a page called uh, MontyRoberts.com forward slash adopt. And people can go there. We're going to start putting up videos now. So agency has the on-demand. So if anybody wants to go back and see that, they can just go to the um, Horse and Country TV 
um, you know, the website and they can get the on demand, but it is subscription. So now we're going to start putting up a video on our Facebook page and everything of these horses as they progress. And we hope they find really good homes because they're really, they're really cool horses like yours on your Facebook page. Oh, people are going there. But so did you use any of your horse and hound horses in your intro course? Um, yeah, I used every horse on the farm for the yeah. intro course at some point, but real quick. So, so are the horses up for adoption yet? I mean, you can get a horse personally trained by Monty Roberts by adopting it. So like for, this has to be awesome for your dad. Oh, he, you know, thank you for saying that. You know, what was so cute is, um, he was just chilling with his deer and playing with his goats and going out and seeing shy boy. But he was like, poor me, COVID time, right? I can't travel. I can't do my, he jumped out of bed every, he beat me down to the barn every day last week. And that never happens. I'm always like, you know, preparing ahead, right? Yeah. He's having so much fun, Jamie. It's just, you know, it's really fun. And the fact that people got to watch too pleased me because, you know, just him working with horses by himself is great but, you know, I like to see what he's going to do. These Some of these sources were really challenging. And, uh, I mean, for example, you remember our doll, the mannequin rider, our doll yes. here at the farm? Oh, yeah. yeah. Our doll ended up in about 15 pieces on the middle <gasps> of the round. <laughs> what? <laughs> True story. Yes. That little cutie saddlebred named Apple. Um, she, she was, uh, she was challenging, but it isn't really not her fault though. What happened was he was just up in the fish, you know, just raising the bar a little bit and she was getting it and, you know, went from sir single and long lines. Okay, Monty, I'm not sure. You know, those funny hawks on the saddlebreds there, they snap up, you know, that's their beautiful gait that they have. They snap, snap, snap. And she would pretty soon she's kicking at her tail, you know, <laughs> she's yeah. all confused. But um, then she settled. And so he puts up the Ardal and, you know, she's a little, I'm not sure about that. I've never had anything like that on me. And um, so everything was fine until, <laughs> you know how that goes. Everything was looking good until our doll started to list to the outside of the round pen. And, you know, the walls are are slanted up, right? Oh, gosh. So, yeah. So once that head hit the wall, <laughs> the wall, bum, 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 oh, my gosh, she just went nutso. And you know the answer to this. What happens when a horse has bonded with you, joined up with you, trusts you, and something mm, scary happens? Where do oh. they go? Right they go to you. For you. <laughs> oh, no. exactly. So dad is like, this is like almost slow motion. Live TV, right? We're streaming live TV. It's kind of like slow motion, like open the gate. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. Oh, yeah. I think everybody had a little bit of a start on that one. But nope, dad's back in and, you know, picking up the half of a boot over here and <laughs> girth over there and poor our doll. But, uh, yeah, we had a little leather sewing machine uh, and we got him put back together for the next day so our doll lives to ride another day oh my day. gosh that's crazy so did your dad have to bail out of the round pen he did it was oh. a good idea too but he came back in with it five minutes after she had all those pieces and parts off of her she was fine and they kept the cameras rolling this whole time <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah no i haven't seen the footage played back it might have been a little shaky there <laughs> when everybody's panicky but no it was fine it was fine it makes for good tv <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff people want to watch because uh, I'm yeah. teaching this clinic. They were like, I, I, you know, you go through all these tacking procedures of like and, and and every single thing that we do and we teach is because Monty has screwed it up at some point. Exactly. And learned like, oh, no, 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 do this. No, and so I, 
Yeah. You know, you clip it here first because you don't want to strap it on in case something happens. And I was like, you know, like one time this horse came after me when I put the girth on and it was like an end of pressure situation where it just started running sideways at me. And I was like, because they were like, has anything like that ever happened to you? <clears throat> well, yeah, there's this yeah. one time I had to jump out of the round pin to scale the wall and try not to die. So, yeah, things happen. And, and I loved probably he hates me saying this, but I love watching Monty kind of mess up a little bit because it makes me feel more normal or not even mess up. Just have, have weird situations happen because he's so good and his timing is so impeccable. And his, he's such a good horse trainer that it's nice to, to know about these things that do happen to other people that maybe happen to all of us and how to handle it and how to move forward with it. So that's going to be a really good lesson uh, for, for everybody. She's amazing. And she's going to be an amazing horse. So, you know, it's the sensitive ones that are really bright and with it. And when you can focus that sensitivity into a positive direction, you know, like going over the tarp, he did the stream and then the lake and just watching her transform, you know, and start to accept that. But boy, she makes you work for every single moment of timing, you know. And yeah, it's, it was really fun to see. And then, uh, you know, the other horses, we had a Mariposa, which is this paint, who was. Oh, I love this horse. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Did you see her with the butterfly on her shoulder? She has no, a mark. Just uh, a mark. Yes, yes, yes. A butterfly. It's just so cute. I mean, you just want to take her home in your car. Yeah. She's adorable. No, it's, it, I think this is going great. And, and each one of these horses is in training for how long? Well, we have a grant from the ASPCA. The Right Horse Initiative is a program of the ASPCA. And we got a generous grant to feed them basically for 60 days. I don't, knowing you, um, and watching your patterns, I don't know if we'll need 60 days, but some might. So we, we, we thought we don't want to fail. So we're going to, we're going to put it out there, but we want to backfill too. If we can get some of these horses uh, into their next homes and their next vocations, then we'll bring in more. And in the ASPCA, I was on a, a call yesterday with Emily Weiss, who is uh, the, she's the head of the equine division of the ASPCA. And then also, you know, Christy Tex Capert, uh, who is the program manager for the right horse. Both of those people were like gushy about watching these horses. They had so much fun. And they said, um, are you ready for more? <laughs> You know, do you want to keep this going? I'm like, yeah. I mean, it was just everybody's having so much fun. And, it, it, you know, it's just a twist on what we're already doing and what you're doing, Jamie. And it's just a great example of the one barrier to entry that really stands out in the whole adoption process is training, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. You know, you, you can look at a whole bunch of bay horses standing out in a field and, and go, okay, they look like a bunch of big brown horses. But when you've seen somebody be able to tack them up, uh, get on them, walk track canter around, it makes such a huge difference in your decision-making processes when you're looking for a horse because that legwork has been done. And especially if you have a Monty Roberts type situation it's done by somebody who hasn't used violence like i was listening to you talk about that that saddlebred you know not for nothing uh, the saddlebred community at times there you know there's good eggs and bad eggs everywhere but sometimes those horses are pushed a lot further than they need to be because they are so sensitive sometimes things have to be slowed down and you're probably going to see he, reap huge rewards with her uh, at the end of the whole thing because you Every day, nothing hurt. 
There was no violence every single day. And so many of these thoroughbreds come to me and they're like, oh, God, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And nothing comes. It's just that's not that's not what we do. That's not you know. I always tell each one of them when they get here, and it sounds so cheesy, but I quote your dad all the time. The horses come up and and I unload them. Uh, the scared ones mainly, and I just tell them uh, nobody here will say you must or I'll hurt you. Aww. Yes. And and I just I make that promise to them, and it is amazing how some of them come so like tuned up or tuned out sometimes mm-hmm. too, Glazed over. Yeah. to make a connection with them and to use these. But you ask about the clinic. I had, um, let's see, I have Drax, the thoroughbred who's five years old and he is a join up long lining genius. If you don't do it right, he's not going to do it for you. Good. Like if oh, you perfect. avert your eyes, he will come in. Like he's just, he's just very much like he understands his job. And then we had Arlo, who is a 20 year veteran of the horse shows, right? So very disconnected. Um, we have Luna, who's a mare that's a great kid's horse. And then we had Zeus, of course. And, and he, we've used him for the veteran classes before. Yeah. So he's great for that. And then we had Miles and Stanley, the yearlings, right. which are trouble. And <laughs> then we had Nick and Jim, the two from Horse and Hound, which are, and Nick has been adopted and somebody's coming to see Jim Friday. Okay. She's driving 800 miles to come see oh Jim. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I hope you sent some video ahead. Oh, <laughs> she's seen everything I've posted. And, and I, I actually, she's been contacting me for like three months asking about oh. various horses. And I'm like, this is the one. <laughs> Here you go. So she's driving 800 miles with her trailer to come meet him on Friday night. I'm so excited. Cause oh, he's, I'm excited he's for special. her and him. Oh, you, yeah. You and, and so then we had, let's see, we had, thing and then we had razzle dazzle who was kind of a spicy red mare and we have katie and katie is the one who had never been ridden and is a massive kicker when you touch your back leg so yes the intro course is supposed to be you know you get really good at the join up and long lining and dually halter and you do some loading and i did all the things but we had so much extra time because there was only three that we were able to do so much more like i demoed how to deal with a horse that kicks when you pick up its back legs and i made an artificial arm and we did all sorts of cool stuff we did a lot of plastic work we did i showed them so much more and i'm like hey let's learn how to trailer load and of course every horse at my farm loads nice it was it's a great problem to have not enough bad loaders so i was like bring out the babies oh yeah oh their first time (laughs) yeah so they had their first times in the trailer so that was really fun and of the 14 horses here i used all 14 three people lucky students that go to jamie's introductory class <laughs> really was, that is amazing amazing i mean you've got you've got abby there which is really fun i mean this girl has come through all the lessons and everything with you and is she enjoying learning all the concepts now too oh she's she's you know what because in the intro course you sit down you have a manual and the first half of your day is kind of spent in the classroom you know, going over a lot of the behavioral stuff. And she sits down and on the first day, she's like, oh, my God, I remember when you were studying this. <laughs> and I was so excited. I just told myself, someday it's going to be me. Someday I'm going to do it. And uh, there she was sitting there. She's like, I got my own manual now. So 
all grown up. <laughs> it was really cool. It was really exciting to see her. And really, to be completely fair, when all the horses come in, I do I do all the first stuff with them. So Abby really got good at learning join up and and a lot of the vulnerable and the feed and the follow up and all the things that she really hadn't done that much. So you know, it, it was really good to, to watch her grow. And Mary from Wyoming, she drove all the way down and did an awesome job, kind of absorbing information. She's She's kind of the reason we pushed it a little further um, because she had a lot of really big questions mm. dealing yeah. with this Mustang. And she's like, well, how do I do this? And how do I do this? I'm like, well, it was so fun to have answers for everything, too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I know you're an encyclopedia by now because you've done all the Mustangs, too. Plus, you have all the training. So I mean, for people who think, oh, that sounds kind of intimidating. Are there any prerequisites for your intro course? Um, there are none. Uh, you know, it was really nice to have three people that are very well versed in horses, you know, like can tack up and lead and all those things. Um, so if you have not ever done anything with horses, a horsemanship 101 clinic is recommended if you haven't, um, spent any time with horses. And I feel like you can get that experience volunteering at a local rescue. Yeah. If somebody takes the time to just show you, uh, how to lead and how to brush and, and, and not that we did all of those things, but getting comfortable around horses mm-hmm. is really important. But after that, no, like if you can like, Go put a halter on a horse and lead it up. We'll take you. Yeah. You know, I mean, that just as long as you're comfortable. And and it's, you know, Mary from Texas, you know, she is at a point in her life where she's been bucked off a couple times and she's not, you know, a 20 something year old anymore. And so she's trying to find her way and how she wants to be. She wants to be around horses, but maybe riding isn't the thing for her anymore. So mm-hmm. she wanted to learn a lot of the ground stuff and, and learn the language because she deals with a lot of, she volunteers at a local, um, Okay. place that teaches riding lessons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. So she yeah. wanted to kind of understand some of those horses a little bit more. So everybody kind of comes with their own agenda. Like mm-hmm. I remember when I went to flag is up, I did not come to flag is up going, I'm going to be a certified instructor, which no, you, you know, didn't. many of my classmates did. I just came with the, I just want to be better. Mm-hmm. I just want to be better at everything that I do with horses. And so that is why I did that course. Um, and then, you know, you made me do the rest. Just I did. Yeah, actually, <laughs> sign here. Uh, yeah, you're so good. Your you're blood. such a good teacher, though. And a lot of horse people, you know, they, they don't know that about themselves until they get around the horses and they see how valuable being around horses is. Uh, I mean, even, for example, our our veterans that come through our veterans program, we have one this weekend coming up too, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But the veterans sometimes go off and they say, how can I, I loved what we did on the weekend. I didn't think I would love horses and I absolutely am comfortable around horses now. And I want to stay like that. And what do I do? And I send, I say, you know, go to your local area, wherever they're from and find a, a therapeutic or volunteer, something like you just mentioned, you know, an equestrian center, someplace where they can volunteer. What I love about them is they're not, um, know-it-alls, right? They're not going to go in there and claim they know anything about horses. They're just like, I want to be with horses. And they become like volunteer of the year, you know, because mm-hmm. people go like, you can really handle a horse because all they've done is learn some nice ground rule manners, but they understand the, the equine psychology. They understand the nature of the horse. And I think that's the exciting thing to see these students getting like, oh, that's why it's best to do this with a horse. Oh, that's why the horse reacts that way. And when those light bulbs go off, it's so much easier, you know, and that's why people go like, oh, how, how come people didn't um, 
figure out that horses don't need violence all these thousands of years. Why did they maintain violence in horses? And by violence, I mean like forcing them. You know, if people saw the traditional methods, they would they would use that word violent. Debbie, but, somebody told yeah. me when I was younger uh, yeah. that the reason horses are so trainable is because they have such a low threshold to pain. Oh, that's so sad. And that's I was so a teenager sad. and I was like, I don't. Uh, so uh, the the only reason my horse does anything is because he's afraid of like is a low threshold of pain, uh, and and that's not the way that that's well, not the way not to even, get anything not, done. So not true. Anybody who's been around a horse knows that when a fly li- lands on his hip or his back, what happens? They if shake he, it off. They, they shake it off. The skin goes. If they can feel a fly crawling around on their hair, not even their skin, right? Then you know they are super, super sensitive. They're just so darn generous. They're so compliant to people. But here's the difference between champions and, you know, just getting performance out of a horse is if you can get the horse to want to do it, then you get breakthrough relationship and everything else. So when people, that's the light bulb stuff right you know like oh my horse doesn't have to just glaze over and yeah and now we've got a relationship going and it's not the ooey thing you know this is not loving and kissing on horses all day you can really get a cool partnership and when whatever you want to win at the top level those horses um anymore i mean uh, 50 years ago all bets off but anymore if you really want to excel at whether it's just trail riding across the top of a hill or if it's a groundwork and you've got a well-mannered, wonderful companion, uh, maybe a kid's horse. I mean, there were horses last week that had never seen plastic bag on a stick. I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. And by the end, they're walking over plastic on the ground. And I know there's lots of kids lesson horses that wouldn't do that. So, you know, there's there is a level of gentle that you can get to by these concepts that most horses never see. Yeah, I, I do. I, you know, what's funny is that the horse Arlo that was here, he was brought in by a friend. Uh, and again, he was a 20 year veteran of horse showing. That's all he's ever done has been a show horse. And she came after four days to visit him. And she's like, his, I said this on the show Monday. She's like, his expression is different. His whole, like, she's like, his whole face changed in a way that, like, and think, think 20 years, nobody's ever spoken my language to me. And then all of a sudden somebody's fluent in your language and you're like, Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) So you have to remember what your language even sounds like, you know? So it was, it was really interesting to, to see him kind of wake up a little bit and, and be a, I mean, he's gentle as a kitten, but to to see him really start to respond to people as opposed to just do what he's supposed to do. Right. You know, wake him up out of a little learned helplessness and 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 give him a personality. It was kind of fun. Um. So oh, anyway, congratulations. Uh, on that. Great, great talk. That was nice. Talk that was fun. That was fun. I'm so glad you got your first intro course under your belt. And now you go. Yes, exactly. And uh, and please uh, tell your dad that we're all having fun, uh, loving watching him on the uh, the the shows. And I love the Facebook posts. And if I could take them all, I would. I <laughs> but I'm just watching <laughs> I so I can see like what upticks I can do for these riding horses. So I'm I'm still, you know, I never quit learning from your dad. I'll learn forever from him. Uh, it is time now, Debbie, to go to our guest. They were supposed to be our next guest. Turns out they're our first guest, hopefully. And we are going to get a hold of Lisa and Nina Helmer. 
I love t- talking to people about their businesses and, and, and the kind of what aspect of the horse world they come from. But this is something that's kind of unique. I'm so excited to have Lisa and Katrina who run a business with horses and their sisters. How <laughs> on earth does that work? Lisa, we'll start with you. How is it working with your sister? Katrina, you're not listening. We're going to come to you later. Okay. Go. <laughs> Katrina's now listening. Go ahead, Lisa. Oh, okay. Well, every day is a challenge. No, uh, my <laughs> sister is my best. My sister is my best friend. Um, we have always been very close. Um, and we both have our love for horses. And about two years ago, we decided we might as well join forces and start a business together in Ocala. We had both been pursuing our own careers, kind of heading off in our own directions. And we had an opportunity to try to make something work together. And I was super excited to have her as a business partner because she is one of my closest friends, um, somebody that I really rely on. We grew up doing horses together and we have a really similar work ethic. We're a very nice yin and yang. Um, so at first we were a little nervous because we we're like, okay, we might drive each other crazy because not only do we run the business together, but we also live together. And we're adults, so this is, (laughs) we're like, okay, let's see where this goes. Um, But it's been really, really fun. And um, I think it's actually brought like a really nice kind of diversity to what we do because we're a dressage facility, but we cater to a lot of different types of breeds. Um, And Nina's been able to, Katrina's been able to bring her experience from working on the racetrack here in Ocala to our program which has been really, really neat. Um, so I really like it. Now, her opinion might be different. But. Katrina, first of all, dry your tears. That was super sweet of your <laughs> sister to say all those nice things about you. Um, what, what is it? What are some of the challenges or favorite things about working with your sister? Well, um, I have to pretty much agree with Lisa. We do get along really easy. Um, when we were younger, throughout both of our college experiences, um, we had always talked to each other and, you know, vented about all of the horrible roommates that we had. And we both were like, oh, it would just be so much easier if I lived with you. Um, so now we're doing that and um, everything is, is you know, working out really well. I, you know, we finish each other's sentences. Sometimes we come out of the bedrooms wearing the same color shirt. Um, so... <laughs> We definitely have a, a good dynamic. Um, and any conflicts or, you know, disagreements, Lisa and I, we're, we're really not fighters. Um, we have needed, you know, to step away and cool off for a moment. But, you know, when it comes down to it, there's nothing that we can't resolve through a conversation and Neither one of us has any problem saying sorry and things like that. So that definitely helps. That's cool. So Lisa, uh, talk a little bit about what your, what your business is at Sunflower Hill Farm, which is such a beautiful name. Oh, thank you. So, um, the reason we called it Sunflower Hill Farm, just a little background is it's actually dedicated to our dad. Um, we lost our dad early in life. Um, he was only 57 years old and unexpectedly passed and um was very involved in our life. We have a very close relationship with our mom. Um both of our parents were very supportive of the horses even though 
they were not horse people. Uh, they really let us chase the dream and figure it out. And um, so we we decided that because we were joining forces together that we really wanted to dedicate it to our dad um, because he had always been, you know, of the mindset, like, pursue what you want, even if it's kind of crazy. And doing horses full time is definitely super crazy, um, <laughs> but we're going for it. So that's why we named the farm that. Um so a little bit about our business. We have, I'm primarily a dressage rider. So Nina and I both grew up as event riders in Pony Club. Um, we loved going fast and jumping big things um, until they got a little bit too big. Um, and then I really got involved in dressage and became, you know, more competitive and was horse showing and things like that. Um, and something that Katrina and I have always done is we've always ridden a lot of different types of horses. So Although the ideal, you know, breed for dressage is a very nice, expensive, warm blood, we've always been the girls that have ridden whatever we could get our hands on. You know, having access to really nice horses is definitely tough and something that makes this sport a little challenging. Um, but so that we've really taken into our business is that you can utilize dressage for multiple different types of breeds of horses, and it doesn't have to be your primary discipline. So. We have horses that come from all different kinds of backgrounds. We have event riders, hunter-jumper riders. We even have Western riders that all want to utilize dressage as a way to improve their their work with their horse. Um, and so bringing that, is that's really what we do. So we offer training. We teach. Um, we take courses in for sale and find horses for some of our clients. And we've just had a lot of fun um, keeping this really, like, diverse group of horses. Actually, I'm going to brag for a second because something very cool that Katrina is currently doing um, is she has a really fun quarter horse that we have here, and she's doing Western dressage, which is a totally new discipline for us. Um, and they're actually doing really, really well, which is very exciting. Um, so that's really what we do at Sunflower Hill here. Um, we, we offer training and sales and, and teaching and we'll take whatever horse you have and make the best out of it. That's awesome. See, I love that you're not breed snobs. I, I, I joke here because I've got, uh, like an Oldenburg and an Andalusian and then a Mustang and a Mutt. You know, so you ha- I, yeah, I love to celebrate kind of every end of the spectrum as far as what you get and what you end up with and make the best out of, you know, I always tell like people, I'm like, we're going to take what you have and we're going to do the best by that horse. And it sounds like that's what exactly. you guys do as well. That's a hundred percent what we do and we we primarily utilize dressage as a way to get there um we do a lot of cross training with our horses so all of them trail ride we jump i am a huge proponent of using cavaletti for dressage just to keep the variety and then that's also a really nice way to figure out what is your horse really like doing what is the rider really enjoy doing and kind of how can we bring that all together and make them shine because they all have something that they like that's true. Now, uh, Katrina, talk to us a little bit about your new career in Western dressage. <laughs> so my new my new avenue in Western dressage is fully um, through the support of one of our amazing clients, Penny Turner. She has um, she came a few months ago, uh, brought her ex-Western pleasure horse Willie here for some, you know, refresher training. She wanted to get back into riding and she just 
didn't have a lot of time to get started. So I started riding him, and she had such a blast seeing us develop and form a relationship that she um, was able to support us, you know, going to a couple of uh, schooling shows. We went to a recognized Western dressage show at the Florida Horse Park. And just recently, we entered the um, WDAA, the Western Dressage Association of America, online world show. So we had to video ourselves, and Penny did a test as well, um, and I did one on on Willie. And our goal is we're going to Oklahoma next year. So Woohoo! I've heard that. Yeah, place. she wants to take she wants to take us all out and have a blast. And she is just, you know, one of my favorite people. She's like my adopted grandma now. <laughs> That's fantastic. You don't call her your adopted grandma. Call her your adopted mama, okay? You can't just throw grandma in anybody. Yeah. (laughs) No, she is so sweet. And her horse, Willie, he is, he transformed into one of the happiest kids here. He is just such a clam. He knows he's adored and he'll give you kisses uh, on the cheek and he is loving life. And she sees that. She sees how happy he is. So it makes her really happy. That's fantastic. Now, uh, we also, you know, we have learned about you guys from Equiderma, and you are some of their, uh, Lisa, I believe you're one of their sponsored riders. And t- talk to us about, Lisa, what Equiderma products you like and you recommend. So I met Equiderma through actually writing a review because I was horses and um, whenever I would go, I was, I was working for someone else and we had to kind of rough it out and find a spot that would work for us. It's, it's really, it's really hard to make it work down there financially. And I had one horse that had just like the worst skin crud all over his lower legs. And that's really tough. I was coming from, um, Northern Virginia at the time and the transition to the hot, humid climate was terrible their training we're wearing bandages and boots and all kinds of stuff and I just could not get rid of it I had used prescription medications all this stuff and then I ended up picking up a bottle of the skin lotion at I think it was the Taqueria in Wellington um, and used it and within three days it was cleared up I had been fighting with this for at least a month and a half and it was I mean it was so bad that the horse's hair was falling off and we're going to shows it was just awful so I wrote them an email and was like I don't know if what is in this? It's amazing. I'm so blown away by this product that I'm never going to use anything else. I just found, you know, I, I happened to, it was something I hadn't tried yet. And um, Bethany, the CEO, emailed me back and we just started talking and, and connected. And um, that was really how I got to know Equiderma. And it's still like that is our go-to product here in the barn. We have it in all of our grooming bays. We put it on faces, legs backs um florida's kind of gross and the humidity is pretty gross and so horses lose skin and hair really fast it is by far the easiest way to get rid of that um if you have a horse that has rain rot on their back stuff that happens you know even if you're doing everything you can in your power to try to keep them clean and dry um the humidity just takes a toll on their skin so that's really been like our lifesaver product and and it's it's not introduced me to the whole line 
Yeah, it's not a big investment for trying it out either. It's like 20 bucks a bottle, and it's called Equiderma Skin Lotion for Horses for skin conditions associated with rain rot, ringworm, scratches, sweet itch, cannon bone scurf. Uh, and I love that the other names for it is um, the original blue love potion or magic in a bottle. And it's, but it, and it basically is that because you can put it on anything. We've given it to horses. We have a friend who rescued some Clydes and they had these horrible infections in their ears. You couldn't even touch their ears. Um, we used the skin lotion on their ears for a couple weeks and all of a sudden everything was healed. You could touch their ears now. Like we have put it on everything and it, it, it's not, it doesn't burn. It doesn't irritate. So yes, highly recommend it. Totally worth it. That's fantastic. Well, uh, both you guys, thank you. Any, any other product you want to give a shout out to? Maybe Katrina? Um, well, the wound ointment, um, the Equiderma wound ointment is one of my favorite things as well because I actually used it on myself. <laughs> See, and a horse girl. So, Always uh, a horse I girl. Bethany, I asked Bethany first, but, um, she said absolutely you can use it on, you can pretty much use it on anything. And, Immediately, you know, I cut my leg pretty deep and I put it right on and it felt so much better. The, the, I think it's the calendula in it, um, really sort of helps take the pain away from, you know, the original cut. Um, I also gave a sample to, um, a good friend of ours, uh, Melinda. Her horse had cut his face and all the hair was missing. Um, and she had been working on that wound for probably about three weeks. I gave her a sample, and in about four days, she sent me a picture, and she's like, I can't believe it. The wound is closed, and the hair is growing back. So I immediately forwarded that to Bethany and was, you know, like, here's the proof. This stuff is amazing. It so doesn't just work on my that leg. Like, it works on a horse's face. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, it's. It, it's a staple to have in the barn and it's such a big tub. You need so little, yeah. like we yeah. still have our original tubs. Yeah. And again, you know? 20 bucks. So you're, you're not out breaking the bank trying to get all this stuff. I love that wound ointment too, because you know, so many of the things you put on your horses, you're like, should I be wearing gloves? Like, I don't know. It yeah. just seems like, oh, and, it feels and, so good on your skin. I le- legit rub it into my cuticles when I'm done. Cause I feel like I feel <laughs> easy to moisturize my hands anyway. Well, thanks you guys so much. What is the website for your farm for our listeners that live down in the Florida area that maybe want to hook up with so you can find us at lchequestrian.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook um, at LCH. And um, we're at LH Dressage. And if you will pop right up. And if you're in the Ocala area and you want to stop by, our door is always open. We have really friendly dogs that would love to greet you. Um, <laughs> anyone that's interested in dressage and utilizing the discipline we're gonna just keep rocking and rolling all right well we're losing uh, we're getting some back signal here but i want to thank you guys both it's lchequestrian.com it's sunflower hill farm and ocala and you guys equiderma is is the best so go check them out equiderma.com appreciate it thank Thank you. you
Well, that was a delightful. Those girls are delightful. How does so that cute? They're no, they're adorable, and they're sisters. I mean, it's amazing. I, I guess sisters can get along. Look at that. <laughs> I know. Who knew? If I did run a business, with my brother, we'd be dead. Oof. Both of us. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, yes, says the girl who works with her dad all the time. Oh, so. <laughs> different. Yeah, definitely different. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me. We will keep you guys up to date on what's going on with Glenn. But um, as of now, thank you so much, Debbie. Will Will you be here Friday, or will Wendy be here Friday? I don't. I don't know if I'm here Friday. I think it's Wendy, but okay. you know, you need me, you just ring. I, oh, I have the call. Healing. You just call me. You know, you know where I am. It's early here, so it'll be fine. I won't, you know, I won't eat breakfast that morning, but no, we'll have a horse since in healing. So I imagine it'll be okay. Wendy and a lot of fun. She's you guys being giggled together over really bad ads. Thank you so much, Debbie, for coming on. And thanks for telling us a little bit more about the horses in transitions, Mustangs and horses in transition. You can go to montyroberts.com slash adopt to, I don't know, go take one home, which I'm going to go look at them later because, you know, why not? Everybody loves to look at adoptable horses. And you can watch all the videos. You can subscribe to Horse and Country TV to go check it all out. Um, and again, Debbie, it's just been a pleasure. So much fun. Thanks for inviting me. I always thanks. appreciate it. Thanks. And thanks, George. Say hi, George. Ahoy, hoy. Always happy to be here. I keep <laughs> expecting him to go, hi, George, because I always say, say hi, George. Say hi, George. <laughs> oh, that's always, that's actually a great answer. I'll save it for next time. Okay, yeah. save it for next time. Okay. All right, we'll practice. Ready? Hi, George. Uh, say hi, George. Hi, Jamie. Oh, shoot. Oh, I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> Gosh. We're I'll get it. We're going to work on this. And we'll practice, get it practice, practice, practice. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Spay, neuter, and geld. 